China has sent a Kamov Ka-28 anti-submarine helicopter into Taiwan's air defense zone for the first time. Taiwan says it detected two Shanxi 1-8 planes and one Ka-28 chopper in its southwestern air defense zone on Wednesday. According to a retired Air Force officer, the Ka-28 is an advanced attack chopper with a high ammunition capacity. It can be deployed in electronic warfare operations. Wednesday is the third time that China has sent an attack helicopter to harass Taiwan, following incidents last October and November. On Wednesday, in China's latest encroachment, two Shanxi Y-8 and a Kamovka-28 anti-submarine helicopter entered Taiwan's southwestern air defense identification zone. Ka-28s are equipped with a flexibly mounted automatic firearm and can carry at least two medium-range ballistic missiles. This is the third time that China has sent attack helicopters into Taiwan's air defense identification zone following incursions last October and November. For China, the Ka-28 is a more advanced anti-submarine helicopter. It does not have a tail rotor. Instead, its coaxial rotor is what offsets the torque, so performance-wise, it can land on ships more safely. Its ammunition capacity and load capacity are relatively high. It has a combat radius of more than 200 kilometers. It was conducting anti-submarine drills in the waters to the southwest of Taiwan. They're training troops at the spot where battles may break out. It's an important area, as submarines from many countries pass through there. When anti-submarine helicopters are in sight, warships tend to not be far behind. The Ka-28 is commonly deployed with a Type 054A guided missile frigate, which is fitted with anti-air missiles, torpedoes, and various kinds of radars and sonars. It's also equipped with electronic countermeasure systems and jammers, and can be deployed with the Ka-28 for electronic warfare. The Ka-28 has strong electronic warfare capabilities. It has equipment for electronic warfare. It has missile early warning systems on its tail. So when it is targeted, it will automatically detect the source of the threat and distinguish what kind of missile it is. It can assess the location of the threat, the situation, and issue an early warning. The retired Air Force officer says China's anti-sub and electronic warfare capabilities are gradually improving and that Taiwan should consider relevant countermeasures. A national security source has revealed China's latest propaganda efforts against Taiwan. A probe found two YouTube channels that are part of China's United Front campaign. The campaign features news videos based on content mail articles. Their sensationalized videos spread misinformation to create a rift between Taiwan and the U.S., a source says. Beijing is also believed to be recruiting Taiwanese influencers to create content that affects Taiwan's upcoming elections. The source said that in 2019, China was already found to be buying Facebook followers to promote content about unification. It also hired social media influencers to tout pro-unification positions in Facebook groups. According to the source, the recruits participated in a training program and were paid between 22,000 and 44,000 NT during that period. The cabinet has proposed a bill to keep China from stealing Taiwan's key technologies. On Thursday, it unveiled a bill that makes economic espionage a crime. 
Violators can be punished by up to 12 years in prison, along with a fine of 100 million NT dollars. The draft legislation will be presented to the legislator for a vote. This man, surnamed Huang, won't speak to media as he heads into the new Taipei prosecutor's office. Last year, he was found to have created a Taiwan company on the behalf of China's Bitmain Technologies. He helped the Chinese company recruit TSMC engineers with high salaries in violation of Taiwan law. In the wake of his case, the cabinet has proposed tougher penalties for economic espionage. The red supply chain is infiltrating the world. For Taiwan in particular, to prevent the outflow of key technological secrets, it is necessary to legislate a tougher and more comprehensive line of defense to enhance the management and curb lawless behavior. The executive yuan has proposed revisions to the National Security Act. The bill prohibits the crime of economic espionage as well as extraterritorial use of trade secrets pertaining to Taiwan's key technologies. It prohibits violating the confidentiality of Taiwan's trade secrets on the behalf of hostile forces in China, Hong Kong, Macau, or elsewhere overseas. Violators face up to 12 years in prison and a fine of up to 100 million NT. The cabinet also proposed a law to prevent China from creating subsidiaries in a third country for the purpose of engaging in Taiwan business activity. Another amendment cracks down on local agents for China who will face fines of up to 25 million NT. This pertains to our national security. These important bills and policies are time-sensitive, and the legislative yuan should support them. Laws are amended when there is a need. We need to react to the situation at hand. At the same time, we must not arbitrarily violate human rights. Lawmakers now wait for the bills to arrive for review. Officials say the legislation will close key loopholes in Taiwan's national defense. Taiwan plans to raise its out-of-pocket health care expenses to crack down on medical waste. In a recent interview, the health chief said that co-pays will soon go up for drug and medical tests. Let's hear from an official. As we plan this adjustment, we're working to ensure that we don't pose an obstacle to people who need medical attention. Our hope is that the new co-pays will allow for the reasonable use of our medical resources. The ministry says co-pays will be adjusted so they're between 10 and 20 percent of the bill. The rates will be determined by the type of institution providing the medical service. Co-payment exemptions will continue to be granted so that all patients are able to get medical care. The ministry plans to convene next Friday to discuss the adjustment. Osteosarcoma is a type of bone cancer that accounts for about 3% cancers that afflict children. The Taiwan Association offers free temporary accommodation for osteosarcoma patients from rural areas who need long-term and frequent medical treatment in Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang visits the home to meet the patients and the chairman of the association. 13-year-old Apple lives with her mother in Jiayi. A few years ago, she was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called osteosarcoma. It was a frightening experience for her and her family. Apple and her mother take a taxi from Jiayi to Taipei every six months for a follow-up appointment at Taipei Veterans General Hospital. It's an exhausting ordeal for both mother and daughter. 
Her feet would be sore. I wondered how such a small child could have sore feet. I took her to see a doctor, and the doctor prescribed her medicine, but she did not get better. Later, we took her to a larger hospital for a checkup, and she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. I cried. At first, we didn't understand what that was. However, about a year ago, Apple's mother learned about the Taiwan Osteosarcoma Caring Association home. The association offers free temporary accommodation for osteosarcoma patients from rural areas who need medical treatment in Taipei. The facility has accommodation for patients and care students. Over the past year, 900 people have lived in the home. Here, not only do they have a place to stay at in Taipei, they can also cook in the kitchen and socialize with other patients and their families. Apple's mother says it's greatly reduced the financial burden of getting care for her child. We traveled to Taipei by taxi. It is not an easy ride. It takes two or three hours. It's 4,000 NT each time. The hardest part is that we didn't know anything when we came here, and we didn't know what to do. When we come to Taipei, it is just me and my child. But thankfully, Taiwanese are really nice, and we don't need to stay in a hotel when we come here. It's more convenient to stay here. Another patient that stays at this home is 11-year-old Zhen Qizhen from Tainan. She was diagnosed with osteosarcoma in 2014 when she was only three years old. She has a follow-up appointment in Taipei every three months. They stay at the free home where the people feel like family. I came here and felt that the environment was very relaxing and comfortable, just like my own home. I met a friend here in Taipei in 2018. We have been in touch since then. Going to the hospital is not so boring anymore. Since the care home was launched in July 2020, anytime we are in Taipei, we come here because it is very close to the hospital. If she wants something to eat, I will buy something nearby, come here and cook what she likes. Also, if the hospital allows us to take leave, we bring her here in her wheelchair to play games. I think the most helpful thing is the people here. The treatment in Tainan was scary, but here, I see everyone working so hard, and I realize that we are not alone. There is less fear because everyone encourages each other. 60% of osteosarcoma patients in Taiwan are treated at Taipei Veterans General Hospital. If patients can survive surgery and chemotherapy, they have the chance to start their lives anew. But many patients find it difficult to maintain their treatment due to factors such as hotel and transportation costs. So in July 2020, Wu Bogui, a physician at Taipei Veterans General Hospital's Department of Orthopedics, established the Taiwan Osteosarcoma Caring Association Home. Because many patients have to wait for beds and treatment, they need to stay here for a day or two. We provide an open atmosphere because we know that these children are treated for 10 to 12 months, and in Taipei, treatment happens in the hospital ward. That doesn't feel like home, so we provide an atmosphere that makes them feel like they are in a restaurant or back at home. During chemotherapy, patients and their family members can come here to take a breather and take a break. There is a priority order of admission here at the home. Top priority goes to patients who have to undergo an emergency operation or to children in the intensive care unit. As for other patients, we recommend that they make an online appointment one or two weeks in advance. Osteosarcoma typically occurs in people aged 10 to 25. Wu says that if a person feels swelling near a bone, constant bone or joint pain, or if a bone breaks for no reason, it's imperative to make an appointment with a doctor as soon as possible. The common problem we encountered in the past, which is also the reason why the association was established in the first place, is that many children experience bone and muscle pain. 
pain. Parents and teachers think that these are simply growing pains. Some even take the children to get a massage or acupuncture. This lack of awareness results in late diagnoses. There are ways to identify potential signs of cancer. Generally speaking, bone tumor pain is centered around a fixed point. For example, if a child tells us, I have a pain above the left knee, then be careful. But if a child says they have a pain on the left side, and then a pain on the right side, those are growing pains. If a bone tumor is left untreated for a long time, you will see a lump or feel a lump. That's definitely not seen if it is a growing pain. The association hopes to provide assistance to patients and their family and promote osteosarcoma awareness so that people can get early intervention. They also hope to provide psychological consultation to the patients and their family if needed. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Zhong Shuhui in Taipei. Taiwan reported 14 local COVID cases on Thursday. Eight of them were infected during an outing together last Sunday. Let's hear from the CECC. Most of the cases today are part of this cluster involving case number 19816, an employee of a real estate marketing firm. On the afternoon of February 13th, she attended a gathering held by an association. The participants ate together and sang karaoke. About 80 people attended the meal, and 25 people did karaoke. Testing is underway in connection to this. This gathering has resulted in eight new cases, making for a total of nine infections in connection to the event. The CCC says the cluster will be handled carefully to prevent further spread. Prior to their diagnosis, participants of the gathering had visited many popular Taipei venues in districts like Xingyi, Da'an, Shiling and Songshan. The Mingyao department store and view show cinema at Q Square have closed for disinfection. Taiwanese tech giant Honghai has teamed up with an American automaker to unveil the pair. It is a five-passenger electric vehicle priced for the entry-level market. Reservations are now open in the U.S. It costs just 250 U.S. dollars to reserve, but you won't get the car until at least 2024. Honghai unveiled its first electric car prototypes last October at an event attended by its founder, Terry Goh. To rev up its expansion in EV, the tech giant has since sought partners from around the globe. In its latest development, Honghai has teamed up with U.S. automaker Fisker to produce an electric car. Reservations are open now in the U.S. In 2024, we're going to be launching a vehicle called the Fisker Pair which is going to be a really radical, uh, I would almost say, mobility device full of technology. Although the prototype has yet to be unveiled, the Internet is already a buzz. The car is cheaper than a Tesla. The most affordable of Teslas, the Model 3, is quoted at more than a million NT. Honghai's offering starts at less than 900,000 NT. Taking aim at the budget-friendly market, Honghai and Fisker have set the reservation deposit at less than 7,000 NT. Their EV will be produced in the U.S. with delivery estimated for 2024. That's at least two years from reservation to delivery. One analyst says the wait time should come as little surprise. They've been setting up factories in the U.S., Mexico, Thailand, and Indonesia. We know it takes time to integrate all the parts, parts including those very important batteries, those solid-state batteries. It's estimated that simply assembling all the parts at the factory will take until 2024. 
Actually, three years ago, he also had to make reservations for a Tesla, and the wait time was at least one year. Global supply chains are shifting under the impact of the pandemic. In the production lines of various countries, we will start to see a drift towards shorter supply chains. Despite the pull of the pandemic, global EV sales reached 6.5 million units in 2021, rising 109 percent over the year before. In 2021, electric cars accounted for 9 percent of the overall auto market. With global demand set only to deepen, Taiwan manufacturers are racing to invest and expand in the EV space. The price of duck meat is going up amid a supply shortage driven by COVID. Last year, duck farmers scaled back production as demand diminished in the food and drink sector. But now that demand has returned, there isn't enough duck to go around. According to a waterfowl association, the shortage may last until the end of the year. Glistening roast duck is sliced to perfection and laid out on a plate. Here in central Taiwan, consumers now pay up to 300 NT for half a duck, thanks to a supply shortage. There isn't enough production. There's a shortage in the market, so prices have gone up. The duck shortage has also affected Cantonese barbecue restaurants and eateries offering traditional Angelica duck. Ducks aren't laying eggs, so there aren't enough ducks. Since last year, duck prices have gone up by 25 percent. It's very hard for us to stay in business. You can't have a Cantonese barbecue restaurant without duck. The price of one duck has gone up by 10 NT, by 15 NT. It's just kept rising. Prices are up by 40 percent now. The vendor says duck prices have gone from 95 NT per kilogram to 130 NT. So why the shortage? Here at this production site in Yunlin, a duck farmer says the hatch rate has been poor. In addition, the farm had previously scaled back production when COVID dampened demand. Now that demand is up again, there isn't enough duck for the market. There are fewer duck eggs, so every farm is short on output. The shortage is quite severe. Ducks can't really cope with big temperature swings. Demand has exceeded supply. We aren't raising enough ducks to sell. The shortage might last until the end of the year. Although duck is still widely available, the imbalance in supply and demand will send prices climbing for the near future. February and March are the perfect time to view flowers in Taipei. At Daan Forest Park, the Taipei Azalea Festival has already kicked off, with hundreds of beautiful azaleas and hundreds in bloom. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. She snaps a photo of the azaleas. The 2022 Taipei Azalea Festival kicked off on February 15th. Every year, the festival attracts many tourists and locals. I brought my dog out for a walk because the weather is great today. The flowers are beautiful and Da'an Forest Park is well manicured. Up till now, it's almost 40% bloomed. We expect that another 50% to 60% of plants will bloom by next Monday and Tuesday. This year's colors are the same as last year. There are three colors of azaleas, pink, bright purple and white. This year, we planted 376 bushes. The Friends of Da'an Forest Park Foundation says that they are introducing a new variety of azalea this year. Oh, 
They are small and look like roses, but they're actually azaleas. Not only are there azaleas in the park, hydrangeas are also blooming. The bloom time for both hydrangeas and azaleas is from around mid-February to late March. In addition to azaleas, we also planted 2,000 pots of hydrangea. About 60% of the hydrangeas are in bloom now. They are also very beautiful. It's very beautiful. I come here every year to see hydrangeas. It's not that far to come here. I used to go to Yangmin Shan. The Anne Forest Park is very convenient. The public can take advantage of the 228 long weekend to visit Da Anne Forest Park to get a glimpse of the beautiful flowers. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Shen Han in Taipei. Cakes with printed images on the icing are all the rage. But what do you do when you can't bear to eat the pig? Local councillors in Yunling met a quandary when a birthday cake showed up with President Tsai Ing-wen's face on top. Should they divide her equally among the party guests or respectfully not eat the icing at all? What would you do? Everyone is very excited about cutting this cake. Getting the cut just right is of vital importance, it seems. The birthday boy, an Yunling Township mayor, asks his secretary to do the honors. His hand is shaking. The cake is emblazoned with the local DPP chairman alongside President Tsai Ing-wen. Should one of them lose their head, no easy cut presents itself. <laughs> this vexing dilemma was the birthday cake for a DPP veteran and the head of Lingnei Township, Zhang Wei-jun. <laughs> Finally, the cake is cut. But then a new conundrum presents itself. Who should eat the president's head? <laughs> Although I have this in my hands, I don't dare to eat it. But they told me where to cut the cake, push the photo aside and then cut it and then you can eat it. The DPP's Yunling County Party Chair explained that the presidential cake is only given to party members of 25 years service. His own face featuring was quite a surprise move from the cake maker. The sensitive icing safely on the edge of the plate, it's time to enjoy the treat in peace. <laughs>